I love what Holy Father now St. John Paul said. He says that the heart of catechesis is intimacy with Jesus. That, that catechesis is not merely an intellectual exercise or a transformation of information. That's a part of it. But it's intimacy with Jesus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Every Knee Shall Bow, your weekly Catholic podcast on evangelization and discipleship. My name is Dave Van Bickle. I'm, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm unfortunately this week not joined by um, uh, my illustrious co-host, Michael Gomer Gormley. Uh, Gomer had something to do with the parish, but I think we all know he's probably at home brushing his beard. Uh, but uh, it's really going to be an awesome show because uh, actually about, probably in August, I decided that we had to do this show because we have a great special guest on tonight. Um, many of you might have heard recently in the news, uh, There's a, it's all the buzz, at least on my social media page, every other uh, post is about the news of Franciscan University of Steubenville during this corona pandemic, um, giving free tuition to the incoming freshmen next year. Well, uh, part of that, uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't think all the decision was made, but part of that decision was made by their new president, Father Dave Pavanka. Father Dave has been a longtime friend of mine. I've known him since I was probably like two years old, probably when I, when I started visiting Franciscan university before he was a priest and before he was a friar. Um, and, uh, I've known him through working with him in ministry and through just a, a long friendship. And so as soon as he became president of the university, I wanted to have him on the show. So father Dave, welcome, uh, to every knee shall bow. David, it's really my pleasure to be with you very, very much. My guess is I'm just going to let you know, I'm taking it personal that Gomer's here. Not here. So that's not here. Yeah. 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 yeah that's the only other afraid. way. That's right. That's the only way I can see around that. If it's <laughs> he was absolutely afraid. He, he's yeah. afraid you're going to revoke his degree. Uh, as, as you, as you know, um, as Gomer and I talk about often, we're both alumni of Franciscan university of Steubenville. And I think as most people know, um, the university just it, it just plays a big role in the church in America, um, even just on the local level. So many employees uh, come from Franciscan University, DREs, uh, uh, even just pastors. Right. I mean, priests in general, a lot of them have some connection to Franciscan University. So um, honestly, Father Dave, when I went to your inauguration, um, you know, they were they were kind of lauding all your academic accomplishments, which I think is pretty normal for inauguration. But, you know, all I could think about was this is interesting because as much as your academic accomplishments are impressive, you your experience more is as an evangelist. I mean, you've been an evangelist for long, much longer than you were an academic and and you were uh, an evangelist previous to this. I mean, that's been your whole thing. You've done pretty much everything, run the gamut as far as evangelization goes. And I think that's what I was most excited about, right? That this place that just churns out evangelists it ha now has someone who that's their heart at the helm. Uh, I mean, wh what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, when I was interviewed, I, I made it very clear that that's, I understand the nature of the church and the nature of a Catholic university as it relates to the church. Evangelization has got to be a significant part of that. And yes, we, we we educate our students, but part of education, part of that formation process is is that we make sure we evangelize the kids. I mean, our our mission is that we're going to send out disciples, and that's really what we're about. 
Yeah. And I, I think that everybody can see that. I mean, that it's just like, you can't, you can't go far in the church without meeting somebody, uh, an employee of the church or just someone who's involved deeply in evangelization. Um, that's not, you know, connected in some way with Franciscan university and, and their reach is just so far. So I think that, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen over the next, you know, 10 years or so. Um, because I think even though like father Mike Scanlon was, he, I mean, he was a, a, a man of the church and he was, uh, just such a leader. And father Terry was really kind of like had his hand in the culture war and those things. And I didn't, I didn't know, uh, the previous president very well, but this is to me the first time that it's like, whoa, you know, Father Dave, when you when you look at at heart is an evangelist. And so I'm excited to see what's going to happen over the next 10 years. And, and it's it's yeah. funny. I mean, you're, you're all over the news now because of COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple of things first, Dave. For, uh, I think I think it needs to be understood. And in, in, uh, I, I must admit, I don't listen to every episode of your podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 But um. But we're everybody, all right? If we're a disciple of Christ, we're called to be evangelists. And, and that's part of my desire. And, and I'm sure, Dave, only because I know you and you and I have worked together for so long, is, is that's your desire as well, is that you see the Christian, basic Christian living is sharing the gospel with one another and sharing it with the individuals that we meet. So while this is what I've done in, in great intentionality for many years, this is what we're all called to. But as it relates to the university, in fact, it's it's interesting, as you mentioned at the beginning, that we've made a choice and a decision. And, and this was really one that we prayed about. We're calling it actually this, a step in faith, is that we are we're going to provide education for the next semester, for the fall semester, for free, for all new uh, and transfer students. And the reason we're doing that is, A, because that is what God wants us to do. Nothing more than that, Right. But the number of people right. who have written us and called us and, and said, we are so edified and we're, we're so encouraged by this and it's leading them to a deeper faith. So that this is what we said that we're supposed to do, but it's, it's, it's part of our evangelistic outreach of the university. Yeah. I, I mean, and, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's just kind of like putting your, your money where your mouth is, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's no, amazing. You are absolutely right about that, David. <laughs> no pun intended. Right yeah. yeah. You, you know, um, I made the comment on the podcast maybe a couple months ago. Um, I had I had the chance to speak on campus and I said to Gomer, um, you know, I just I feel like every professional Catholic should get a chance to speak on that campus. And he was like, why? And I was like, because it's just it is incredibly edifying to meet the students at Franciscan University. And and I, I'm so biased. I mean, I'm as biased as anyone could come, you know, like my I mean, my kids already talk about when they're going to go to Franciscan, you know, but the truth is, is that when you go there, there's just such an atmosphere of, it's like, it's, the, it's like living in the kingdom, you know, and it's, it's amazing. And I wonder if you could kind of speak to the history of that atmosphere and how you think that came about. Um, because I think we could learn a lot for those of us who are trying to create an atmosphere like that in our parish, in our families, right. in our communities. Right. That's a really, really good point, David. And, and what's important is that a couple of things. First off, that this culture that has been created here was very intentional. It, it didn't just happen overnight. It was okay. intentional. A lot of people worked at it. Um, it's interesting when you think about that, because to create the culture that is, is here, and, and you mentioned Father Max Scanlon earlier, and he was really the one who 
we brought about a real transformation here. You would think the first thing that they would do is, is the students. Now, the first thing he did was he surrounded himself with other employees, faculty and staff, men and women who loved the Lord, who wanted to be faithful to the church. And then that impacted the kids. Uh, I've had just recently, I had a couple of uh, principals from high schools and they were saying, you know, we want to change our school. We want our kids to be more evangelized. And all they were focusing on was the kids. I said, you got to start with your employees. You got to start that you have a culture of the people that, and and you mentioned David, when you come here, you see that there's something different about this place. And it's because we've, we've been very intentional about creating a culture here. Yeah. And I love, you know, one of the things I'll do, like when people um, tell me like, Hey, we're going to visit your, your college, you know, that's like at a pair at the parish or something. My daughter's going to be a senior. We're going to go visit. I'll always say like, you know what you should do is just walk up to some random kid and and ask them the story of how they came there. Because for so many of them, it's just like an incredible, I mean, it's like the Holy spirit literally led them onto that campus and, and, and it's amazing the role it's played well, in their lives. You're, you're right, Dave. Dave, I love in, in, uh, Evangelii, um, Evangelii Nunziani, the document on Paul the sixth and evangelization. One of the things that he says is, is that people will listen to a witness before they'll listen to a teacher, right? right. That we, we evangelize by witnessing to our faith. So one particular uh, family, I remember it was orientation, new students on campus. And I did the, exactly what you said. I was talking to the parents. I said, how did you get a student? And they said, well, this is what happened. We went to a wedding of some friends of ours in a parish. And both of the kids that were getting married were from Francisco University. Yeah. I said, watching this wedding and watching the way our students prayed, where they entered into the liturgy, the, the husband said, he turned to his wife and I said, Wherever those kids went to college is where we're sending our kids. Yeah. Nothing was said about it, right? But they saw the faith of the students in that that evangelized that. Yeah, it, it really is incredible that, you know, you you just get on that campus and you can tell that there's something so different. You know, I mean, you know my story. I was evangelized by my family first off, obviously, but but really the, You're from the, New it, Jersey? You're from New Jersey, Dan? Stop it. Stop right. I'm from Texas. All right. The promised land and you know oh, it. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you're hilarious. Um the you know, I the the weekend I gave my life to the Lord, um, which I, I've told that story a little bit um on on this podcast before. You know, I always say the first time I ever actually listened to the gospel being preached, you were you were actually the speaker at the conference. Um it was the it Can was I just say, salary. Probably, that may be the last time you listen to me, David. <laughs> yeah, that definitely. No, I just, my wife has you on all the time. Don't worry. Um, but, but you know, at that, it was like one of the first times that I, I ever, I mean, I don't know if it was the first time I ever heard the gospel, but it was certainly the first time I was ever open enough to listen. And I gave my life to the Lord that weekend. And, and I knew it, it was almost immediate like I'd say probably the Wednesday after I got home. So we got home Sunday night. I'd say the Wednesday after I got home, I started trying find trying to find ways to evangelize people. And mm-hmm. it was a completely and utterly organic response. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I just see the conferences in particular, even for those who don't get to make it to campus, right? As such a powerful, a powerhouse of evangelization. I mean, if that could happen for me, in just such an organic way. I mean, no one told me to go evangelize. No one told me what to do or what to say. It's just, I had to do it after one of those conferences. Amen. 
Hey man, it's funny, Dave. One of the examples I give of that is uh, on a college campus, when a young couple gets engaged, I mean, for the next week, everything they talk about, everything right. is about their engagement. Well, why? Because they're excited. They're thrilled. They want everybody to know. And Paul speaks in the in the scriptures about being compelled, right? That's what it is. That's, that's what you were compelled. You were excited. You wanted people to know and to hear and to see what you heard. And saw. So that's that's exactly that's exactly what, what one would hope for. Yeah, and I I think like it would be um we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about just uh, the role of the Holy Spirit on on campus and the sure. fact that um it it is it does make it very different from other college campuses and that. I know you, you said one of the things that, you know, you really, you're very strategic about evangelizing the students. And um, one of those things is through the Born of the Spirit retreat. And so if you could just kind of talk a little bit about that, about the role of the Holy Spirit and maybe even the renewal yeah. on campus there. Yeah. Well, that's just great, David. And, and it's actually one of the things that that I've, I've written about. And, and I don't know if your listeners are familiar with the Wild Goose or not, but one of the things that I've shared is that we are, you know, if we're called to be evangelists, we need to come to the place that we realize that that's, it's not, it's not merely, I guess it's not even, it, our work is responding to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to be able to move and, and work in other people's lives. So I love in the scriptures, when, when we find the disciples, they're in the room, the doors are locked, they're afraid, they're frightened, they're nervous, they're anxious, they don't want to happen to Jesus, what happened to them. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. And they're different. And the first thing Peter does is he begins to proclaim the mighty works of Christ. And, and that's, I think, so many people's experiences is maybe there's a part of them that thinks that they should share the faith or even be more virtuous, more holy. We cannot. It is impossible for us to do that apart from the Holy Spirit. And even in John's gospel, John, uh, John says that the speaking to Jesus speaking through John that um, the Spirit gives witness to Jesus, right? right? So it's not until the Spirit is animating our life that it gives that we're able to give witness to Jesus. Well, what what I've done and, and what's important here at Franciscan University is that we understand that the Spirit is a person. It's not just a theology. It's not just a bird, a little dove hovering over us. But it's a person, and that person, uh, we are invited to have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Right. Ultimately, it leads us to Jesus. In the scriptures, it also speaks that the Holy Spirit is poured forth upon us and we cry out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit also leads us to the Father. It's the animator of our life. And I think, honestly, Dave, too many people try to live this life on their own strength. Those couples that are married, you know, I'm just going to make up my mind. I'm going to be more loving to my spouse. I'm going to be a better, more patient mother or father. As if they could do this by simply a force of will. Right. It's impossible, impossible. And I think ultimately, honestly, that that leads to frustration, discouragement, despair, because we make up our mind. We say, OK, I want to live in a certain manner. I want to do things. And we fall and we say, well, I'm going to really try this time. And then ultimately, we're continually falling and it leads us to discouragement and despair. What we need is the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that animates our life and gives us the strength and the ability to live in a manner which, which Jesus wants us to. And when we can do that. The fruit of that is people come to understand more who Christ is. Yeah, and I think like on when you're on campus, um, one of like the most physical manifestations of that phenomena is like the Born of the Spirit retreat that I'm they have. Sorry. Yes, each, David, I'm sorry. Yeah, semester. Yeah, no, 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 no. Just, I, I, I go ahead. I, but I, I just, you know, I remember seeing 
incredible conversions come about from that retreat, you know? So it's absolutely I, I right. Just, and, and, and just for those who may not know that, that that is a retreat, it's a weekend, or sometimes it's over several weeks. And it's really an introduction to Christian living on one hand, but right. then what does it look like to live a relationship with the Holy Spirit, to live a life? I love what the catechism says. The baptism is the gateway to a life in the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's, and that's what we're encouraging people to. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing too. Uh, I think like when you talk about the Holy Spirit, particularly on campus, it's, it's incredible to see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the students in the fact that there's like, I mean, I don't know how many households are on campus now, but like, and they each have their own charism and personality and everything. And, and just the way that kids are ready to live out their discipleship while they're on campus. Uh, for those of you who don't know, a household is kind of like a Catholic fraternity. I, I, I guess you would, you would describe sure. it as, sure. um, and it, and it's, it's amazing, right? They have commitments that are devotional usually a, in nature and, um, they live a kind of a communal lifestyle but it's all based on gospel living. But it's amazing the movements of the Holy Spirit, how, you know, some are Marian, some are uh, focused on evangelization, some are focused on the scriptures. Um, you know, talk talk a little bit about household life. And honestly, Dave, I think it's one of the greatest gifts and the greatest uh, blessings that has come to Francisco University is it's an opportunity for students, young men and women, to be surrounded by other people their own age that want to live their faith and want to encourage, want to hold each other accountable, want to support and walk with. So your, your reference about it being similar to a fraternity or sorority is good in that it's young people living in relationship and living in community together. You know, like a, a particular, like a wing of a, of a residence hall, men and women in that particular wing live together. They may pray the rosary together, say, go to mass together. Uh, you know, sometimes play intramural sports together. But what's key to it is relationship and community. Is that we live in a world that's becoming less and less having literally real interaction, human interaction. And I think that's going to ultimately, honestly, David, be one of the the great tragedies of the last three weeks, four weeks that we find ourselves in, is this lack of human, literally human contact. In intern, we were me, we were made for community, and what we try to do is foster that through the household life system. Yeah, you know, um, I I would say that one of my biggest regrets about college life was not joining a household. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, and you know what, I did not have that regret on campus, but once I left and realized that those households continued. You know, that those relationships really continued on. Um, Do you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Dave, because I was going to say that is that, you know, in my life right now, when I think of, you know, the people that I'm closest to, that are my household brothers. There are two of us yeah. that we go on vacation, myself and their spouses, uh, we go on vacation every other year for a week and just spend time. I mean, today I texted them all with everything that's going on at the university. They're just great relationships that I've had, yeah. Yeah. And, and your mention of it being like an intentional community is important. We talk, we talk about it constantly on this podcast and it's a topic in particular that Gomer is really passionate about. He has a series about building intentional community, which I would guess now thinking about it probably came a lot from household life. Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, I, I would say like one of the biggest reasons I didn't join a household was I was intimidated by authentic Christian community. Like it, it really did intimidate me. And interesting. Um, yeah. to the point where I just, you know, I like 
they were living the life. They were serious about it and they were serious about calling each other on to live it. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, shrank from that. I think, um, being, you know, college. See, that's, that's a really interesting point, Dave, because there is something, um, very vulnerable about, well, you know that you're living in, in, with a yeah. family and a spouse, right? There's something vulnerable about that. And it's honestly not that age group's uh, strong point, right? Right. right. But, but, but it's, it's vitally necessary. I mean, Jesus never meant us to live this life alone and, and to be in relationships. And I mean, some of the proudest times I've been at of, of our students is when, you know, it's, it's often been a group of guys that have come together and they've been honest with you, with one another. I remember this one particular group that they came to me and they said that the night before they were just sitting around shooting the breeze, having pizza, that kind of thing. And, and one of the guys kind of in their, in their time in their night prayer before they went to bed shared that he was struggling with pornography and that was just yeah. a great step for him. Well, what ended up happening is, I don't know, there was five, six guys, all of them, but one of them admitted that that was something that he struggled with. And, and they had never really talked about it. And they, they put together this program and talked to all the guys on campus. And it was just the fruit of living in community, being vulnerable and honest with one another. You saw these guys' lives being changed by that. And I think it's right. just a beautiful grace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, if you had to give like some tips on building that kind of community like for out in the world, I mean, what, what would your, what would your recommendations be for, for people? Well, for, first people off, are longing for this. I mean, they're no, desperate absolutely. For it. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when there has to be intentionality, it isn't just going to happen. Yeah. So that's why you used a, a word about like households have various charisms or, or right. my life as a Franciscan, it's called a rule of life. Right. I think there has to be an intentionality where you get with a group of individuals and you, have some basically parameters of, of this is what we're going to do. We're all going to pray a certain amount of time each day. We're going to go to the sacraments on occasion, you know, whatever. Right. And then you need to be able to gather together, literally be together in the same room. Ultimately people say, you know, how should we pray and all that? There's a million ways to do that. But the first and the most difficult thing is getting together. So some type of parameters, some elements of what your community is going to look like prayer. And then the other, honestly, that I think is really important, but sometimes we have a tendency of over-spiritualizing thing is just have fun together, you know, right, right. Together and, and, and have a beer, have a drink, have a, you know, whatever, just enjoy each other's company. Yeah. I, th I think that's true because, you know, so much of what I, what I see as an evangelist is it's, it peer to peer evangelization is so much more effective, right? Like when you're evangelizing in, in just like a social situation, it's so much more effective than giving a talk or something like that. Um, so I think that's, I think those are, those are really good tips. Um, you know, I, I would be, I would be so mad if we finished the podcast and we didn't talk about the, the spring break mission trips at Franciscan university. So, uh, I, I mean, I'll kind of set it up, but you could kind of clarify if I'm wrong or anything. But every spring break, our university sends, I don't know, hundreds, I would imagine, hundreds yeah, 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 of yeah, yeah. Think, mission think, trips all over yeah. the world. I mean, tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Well, again, it's it's part of the desire is to be able to share the gospel with individuals um, who may not have the opportunity to hear it, but then also to reach out with, in works of mercy. So honestly, David, I... I I couldn't even tell you all the places we went this year. Um, right. Reservation in New Mexico. We dealt with uh, prostitution in Chicago, uh, elderly homes in, in New York. And then we were down in El Salvador, Belize, Nicaragua. 
We actually didn't go uh, into Europe this year because of some of the things that were going on in our country. But the, the main purpose is one, to be a light, right? They're going to go and they're going to enter into relationships with individuals, first off together, right? That, that's one of the great blessings and the graces of the mission is they go together. One of the things that we're, it's, it's not a rocket science here, um, young people crave relationship. Yeah, I mean, right. You, you see that on how they use Instagram, how they use TikTok, all these kinds. They want to be, quote unquote, in relationship. Well, traveling and, and working together on these missions is a great opportunity for that. But then yeah. they, go, they do all kinds of different things. They're just basically a ministry of presence and being with people. Some places they're building houses. Honestly, the, the one of the mission trips that I'm almost always amazed at is the Sun Life mission trip. Right. Right. Where they go down and they do evangelization on the beaches and in the bars in Florida. And, and the, one of the things about that trip is when you're going and working with the poor, which a lot of our groups do, and it's gorgeous and it's beautiful and it's important. But there's this great sense of, oh, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Sure. And us. <laughs> but Sun Life, that's that's not it at all. I mean, right, right. they don't give a crap if you're there. Right. And, and it's really, I think it's just a really powerful, beautiful witness that they give. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. I because I mean you're definitely going after the spiritually poor rather than right, the materially absolutely. poor. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you know what's um what's amazing is um how many times in church work someone I've I've said to someone like, Would you be interested in giving like a five minute personal testimony? And they've said, um, it just came up like, Oh yeah, I learned how to do that on a Franciscan mission trip. Yeah, isn't that great? Uh, isn't that great? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's well, awesome. It's like, I, a think, little I, honestly, yeah, I think, I think that's one of the key things, you know, to the, the whole idea of evangelization is that if we don't know our story, how can we right. share it with somebody else? So right. if I don't, if I can't articulate what the Lord has done in my life, it's interesting. One of the things that I started when I was doing, when I was traveling full-time doing ministry is um, after I was through with a session and before I would start the next session, I would always ask the congregation, um, what did you hear? And I invited them to talk about what they heard the Lord saying, what they what was going on in their heart. And the reason I did that is for a couple of ones. One, we oftentimes may have an encounter with God, but we don't take any time to reflect on it. We may go to mass. Oh, that was great. It was good homily, whatever. We sure. get in the car, get in the car, you leave and don't think about it again. Right. So it's imperative for us to, to take time to pray and think through our encounters with the Lord, these moments of grace. If if the people do that, and I suggest a small percentage of people actually do that, but the next step is that we need to begin to articulate that. Yeah. So it's not merely having an encounter with the Lord, but I'm now able to articulate that to somebody. And that's how we grow in our ability to be more effective evangelists. Is we have an encounter with the Lord, we reflect on that, and then we begin to articulate that and share it with somebody else. So at the end of my missions, I would always challenge them within a week you need to share with one person something that you heard or saw during this mission. And, and the thing is, is I have walked them through the process that somebody does to do that. So uh, sure. I think it's very, very simple, but you're absolutely right. It's imperative for us to be able to know our story and know how to witness to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And that's, I mean, it's so, so not, it's so uncatholic, unfortunately, yeah, but, no, no, uh, you're absolutely right. But yeah. the tide is turning, I think, you know, I, I think like when I think about Franciscan and my time there and also like, you know, just visiting there now and doing some speaking there and things like that, um, there, 
there's a quote that I use on this show all the time from another Franciscan alumni, a good friend of yours, Jim Beckman, right? And that is that growth in discipleship often depends on premature deployment. Growth and discipleship often depends on premature deployment. And I think back to like my time at Franciscan and that I was like leading retreats and doing things that I was totally unqualified for, yeah. you know? And <laughs> and I just was forced to to have faith, you know, that God was guiding me. Yeah, let me just make a connection. So when I was a student at Franciscan University, uh, my first year there, first semester there, they were having the Life in the Spirit seminar that you spoke of. Yeah. Um, they, they asked me to lead it. And I, the first Life in the Spirit I led, I had actually never even been through a Life in the Spirit seminar before. But they said- Wait, but you did net, didn't you? Didn't you do net before? Yeah, yeah but we really didn't go through a Life in the Spirit. Oh, I'd okay. never done something. No, I'd experienced the Holy Spirit in my life, but I'd never gone through a seminar like that. Okay. But what it caused me to do is tr- to trust in the Lord, to be confident in his Lord. But the, and this was the other thing that was interesting was other people saw in me something and they called that out. That's what we need to do as well, is to see in the people in our parish, our friends, to see something in them and call that out of them. Oh, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Of uh, course you, it mean, is. you mean you mean leadership and charisms and things like that? You're, yeah, exactly. Like affirming. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah, that's so important, and I think um, you know that that was definitely an important part of my college years is just the the people who saw things in me that I did not see myself, yeah. and were willing to kind of take a chance on me and everything like that. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and, yeah, Dave, I think uh, you've done such a great job in, in ministry and evangelization. I actually uh, quote you a lot on on our, our Holy Father Francis. Is is you said um. That there, you know, uh, John Paul was a catechist or Pat Benedict was a catechist, I can't remember what he's yeah. saying. But he said, ultimately, Francis is an evangelist. Right. You know? And and that's there's, there's something different between evangelist and a catechist. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right that he, he's not as maybe as careful in his words, or this, but he's really at the heart of it an evangelist and wants people to encounter Christ. Right. He, he will he will have no problem risking anything, even things that I might not agree with. He has no issue yeah, no, no, risking absolutely. anything yeah, yeah, to, yeah. for the sake of the gospel. And I think that's the paradigm you have to look at him through to understand. Otherwise, you might yeah, pull you know, your hair out sometimes. Exactly. What, why do you always make bald jokes? Seriously, Dave. Why do you always make bald jokes? <laughs> Sorry, Dave, I haven't said anything about your your head in a long time. And I watch you on TV for mass every Sunday. And I could I could say your hair out. Uh, I did. I, that's my claim to fame that I knew you when you still had hair. Um, <laughs> that's great. That's great. The last thing I want to hear about, um, unless you have something else you'd like to talk about was I, I know that there's something coming in the university and I don't know much about it, but it's like a school of evangelization. And I'd like to, I'd love to hear about what's going on there. I, and, and maybe, maybe that information is way out there and everyone knows about it, but I, I don't know about it. You know, I'm not, I'm kind of behind the times on things. What, what are the plans for this school of evangelization that's coming? Yeah, actually we're, we're, it's, I think we're, it's going to be called a center. That's fine. But a center okay. evangelization. Okay. And taking a look at the various elements required for evangelization. It's interesting because we do evangelization um, but we also need to do, I think, a better job at, at teaching and empowering it because some of the skills, I mean, some of the gifts of evangelization simply come from our relationship with the Lord and Him animating our life. Sure. There are things that you can learn about that. So like one of the things that we have is what's called discipleship quads, where people are trained in discipling other people right. and 
utilizing other people and doing it by just starting with four people. And then those people go through this process and they go out and get four people. And by the principles of multiplication, it has an impact on a larger community. Um, catechesis is a part of evangelization. So we've got our catechetical institute. We're teaching people to evangelize. Spiritual direction, where we've opened up a, a school for spiritual direction that allows people to grow in their own spiritual life. So just different elements, when we take a look and kind of break it down, that's what we're trying to, to make sure we fill this gap. The men and women who desire deeper relationship with the Lord and desire to be able to do ministry, we can help serve and form them. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I think with the catechetics, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if people look at it now, but historically people will see that Franciscan kind of led the way of a renewal of catechetics in America. I, I think so. I think so. Absolutely. But, but even in that, David, and I think what's so important is I love what uh, Holy Father now St. John Paul said, he says that the heart of catechesis is intimacy with Jesus. Right. That, that catechesis is not merely an intellectual exercise or a transformation of information. That's a part of it, but it's intimacy with Jesus and, and that can't be lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, above all, it's just introducing one person to the intricacies of another person, you know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, and I, I think like, I'm so thankful. I mean, uh, my, my dad made me major in business, um, because he was afraid of anything that ended in ology or osophy, but I was able to take a lot of catechetics classes and I'm, I'm really thankful that, um, that I was able to, and of course now I'm taking, uh, the grad theology program. Um, and, yes, and I'm grateful are. for that as well. But, um, but, uh, you, you know, I just, I, I can see that. Um, I, I mean, I think we're all really excited just to see what's going to happen even in the next 10 years. And, and Franciscan's already been such a blessing to the church, but I think that, um, the fact that, you know, you, you think like an evangelist, you are at heart an evangelist more than anything. And, um, uh, to see what happens, you know, in, in a school that gets the support of, of a, an evangelist at the helm is going to be really exciting. That's great, David. Well, and having people like you and Gomer, both obviously graduates out there doing what you're doing, is just such a blessing for us too. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break here so you can hear from our friends at Ascension Press. We are so, so happy to be part of the Ascension's community. And again, uh, Gomer and I want to hear from you. We get emails every single day from people around the country uh, who are actively evangelizing from DREs, pastors, principals of schools. Um, today, I, I think I got four different emails from uh, people in all different kinds of roles in the church. We love it. Please continue to email us. Again, if you want to reach out to us, it's eksb at ascensionpress.com. That's eksb at ascensionpress.com. And when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll have Father Dave for another minute or two, and we'll have some practical takeaways for you. God bless. Hi, we're Jackie and Bobby Angel with Ascension Presents, and we wrote a book. Yay! Ta -da. Um, it's on discernment, which is figuring out the will of God in your life, which can be an exciting and yet exhausting endeavor. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, Five Steps to Discerning God's Will. And we wrote it with Father Mike Schmitz from Ascension Presents. You might know him. <laughs> you may know that guy. The book is concise, but there's lots of wisdom for any person that really wants to do God's will and it's a, it's a journey trying to figure out what God wants for your life. And so there's a lot of wisdom from 
things we've learned along the way. There's testimonies and, and parts of our stories to help you out. Really, like this is a book I wish I had as a young adult. Like this would have helped me a lot in my 20s. Discernment is a question we get asked all the time. Where is God calling me? What am I called to? What vocation am I called to? How do I know if I'm supposed to take it, this job? How do I know this? So we wrote this book to help you along the way to give five steps to discern whatever decision you're making and hopefully to give that peace and that joy that will come from making that decision. And the, the main goal is to help you grow closer to God along the way. So maybe not you, maybe someone in your life is wrestling with a really tough decision and you want to give them some kind of resource or encouragement. It's for if you've got a big decision, period. Yeah, so go get your copy of Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. Go buy one for a friend. Buy one for someone who's not your friend. Love your enemies. <laughs> buy them this book. <laughs> go to ascensionpress.com and get your copy today. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Every Knee Shall Bow. We're joined again by Father Dave Pavanka, the president of Franciscan University, also known um, for his work with Wild Goose Ministries and 4PM Media. Um, some of you might have seen the Wild Goose series, um, which uh, I was kind of the star of it, wasn't I, Father Dave? Like, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Everybody asked I mean, the Holy it. Spirit plays a role in it, but I was really yeah. kind of the star of it. Um, pretty, much, pretty much you. You know what? What I'm really excited about. I mean, I love the Wild Goose. I really did. But what I'm really excited about is your new series, uh, Metanoia, which just finished. Um, you you had ten episodes, I believe, and it it ran through this time of Lent. Mm -hmm. um, and again, uh, I was nice. My family got to play a little part in that, and uh, it's been so wonderful to watch. Um, I. I hate watching myself so much, but I watched all the parts that I wasn't in and I, I'm super stoked about Metanoia. Um, have you heard any great feedback or any, anything, uh, from people? Yeah, yeah Dave, it's just been really, it's been really, really blessed. Uh, again, it, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's a basic proclamation of the faith. Like the first episode is this basic fundamental question. Every person needs to ask, who do you say that I am? Jesus right. asked them, asked us, who do you say that I am? And it's just, and lays a groundwork for what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it really is. I was, I was blown away by it. I really, absolutely great. loved it. So, and again, um, you, you yeah. said so short. You were, you and Amber were a great, great blessing to that series. So, thank you so much. Oh no, thank you. We, I, I love being a part of it. Again, uh, hopefully next time Gomer will be back with us. Uh, both, I think Gomer's doing a holy hour for his parish tonight, so maybe you've even tuned into that. Um, and we hope to have have you back sometime, Father Dave. I hope you can come back maybe next year or something like that, uh, and to talk about uh, more normal time. But you know, as we do every week, we give you five practical takeaways. And I want to tell you something. I get emails every week from people who do who actually do the five practical takeaways and they're they're telling me like it's changing their life like a priest told me the other day that it's the worst part of his week but also the most fruitful part of his week and i love that that you guys are actually doing that and we want to hear more about that like if you're actually doing these five practical takeaways gomer and i always try to do them but what we want to do is make sure that uh, we give you something every episode that you can just immediately grab onto and do for evangelization. And so since our guest today is Father Dave Pavanka and he just released his new series, Metanoia, with 4PM Media and the Wild Goose Ministries, what I'd like you to do is, um, I, I believe you go to the wildgoosesloose.com and you can watch um, both those series, Wild Goose and um, Metanoia. And maybe even your video, your movie on St. Francis. Is that correct, Father Dave? Uh, it's not. The St. Francis film is not on there. 
Oh, it's not on. Okay, so Wild Goose or Metanoia is on there. The WildGooseIsLoose.com. And check out one of these episodes of Metanoia. If you have not seen it yet, you got to take a look. It is it is awesome. And then uh, your one practical takeaway from this episode is share that. Share Metanoia with one friend or somebody who who could use it. Um, trust me, it, it'll be a blessing in your life. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, this has been Every Knee Shall Bow, your weekly Catholic podcast on evangelization and discipleship. I hope you'll tune in next week. God bless you all. Thanks, Father Dave. God bless you guys. Thanks so much, David.